0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board.
1: Today's guest
0: is Bill Reed, host, extraordinaire, CEO of the company, East of the Hebrides. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Bobby. I'm going to call you Bobby because I've known you since you were, what, in elementary school, and you just are never going to be Bob to me. It's always Bobby Cahill. That's okay.
0: I only let certain select few people (laughs) call me Bobby, and you are
1: one of them. It's like I'm Billy to certain people. And other people, they call me Billy, I want to scream.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. When people call me Robert, I get really upset sometimes. (laughs) But we're here uh, actually in Bill's office today talking about the East of the Hebrides, the Midwinter Scottish Irish Festival that's happening at the Valley Forge Casino this weekend. Mm -hmm. Bill, this is uh, 23,
1: 23, right? This is year 23. 21 of them at the Valley Forge Convention Center and two of them elsewhere.
0: Let's talk about that. Let's go back in time, tell the Bobcast listeners about the very first...
1: The very first one we held at the Willow Grove Expo Center in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, right off the turnpike. And the whole thing came about because I had been running entertainment for a number of Scottish festivals. And drove by one day and saw this place, drove in and said I wanted to rent it. So we rented it, came home, uh, told my wife, Karen, she had a fit. I said we can do it anyway. We put it together. One huge room. It was packed. It snowed. Um, Where was this at again? This was in Willow Grove, PA, right off of the Mm -hmm. turnpike. And um, it snowed and snowed and snowed. We had a great day and we had a great weekend. It just was incredible. The room was packed with people. We weren't sure where we were going to put them after a while. Uh, The end of the weekend, I went to Big Frank, who was in charge of the place, and I said, do you want us to help close down? And he said, close up? And he said, no, we're tearing the place down on Wednesday. Wow. So a friend of mine, Judge uh, Jim Kelly from Warminster, PA, said, I can get you into the Warminster Naval Air Center. So we went up. We negotiated for the following year. We had the festival. Great time. Went to the captain afterwards. And I said, let's sign up for next year. And he said, sorry, we can't. We're on the hit list. We're closing down. So I went over to the Valley Forge Convention Center, sat down with them. And I said, here's my track record. We close places. (laughs) And and we've been there for, I think, the longest running, Event at out at Valley Forge. Yeah, and it
0: still, can, it still continues to this yeah, day. Yeah,
1: um, they built a casino which took over the main floor, so we lost our 30-foot high ceilings. Uh, we moved downstairs. The ceilings came a little lower, but it worked out okay. And uh, same amount of, four, it was a 54,000 square foot of property, and we used just about every inch. So
0: the second one was at a, I never knew that until this podcast that it was at a, an, an airport.
1: airport. Yeah, it, we held it inside the, the hangar.
0: Who was the musical guest?
1: Um, mostly local Philadelphians so long ago. I can't remember if we had any uh, stars from coming from far away, but we were just getting our way going. A couple of them are there, Timlin and Kane, they're with us again. They're still mm-hmm. here, they're as still old as I are. am. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, just I can't remember who else would have been there at that time. Alex Beaton, Carl Peterson, Carolyn Hannon, mm-hmm. names that are still out there, roaming around. But the Valley Forge Convention Center allowed us to go into a much bigger space. And we have two main, two main stages so we can have music ongoing the whole time. Uh, we have seminar rooms and exhibitions and Workshop. workshops, sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got two groups that do that. Uh, we have another group coming this year that I'm not really that familiar with Sea uh, Dogs. Sea C-dog. Dogs. Dell wrote to me and said, Here's our picture. We'd like to come and have fun. And I like their picture. So I said, Yeah, come on.
0: So, the East of the Hebrides starts out, you know, the origin of it. East of the Hebrides did it exist before the festival? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, when I was at Temple University, um, it's been 1971, my father and I decided to go into the business of selling Scottish products. He was involved with lots of Scottish organizations. He came from Scotland, was born in Scotland, and was probably one of the most Scottish men I've ever known. And uh, he... He and I started bringing things across from Scotland when we would go back. we bring things over for him to sell at his organizations, mm-hmm. the meetings. And it fell to myself and at that time my girlfriend, Karen. Um, and we started selling the stuff for them. And I was at temples, I said, and I thought, well, you know, I could do this in the summertime and go to the Highland festivals, mm-hmm. set up, and start selling things. So we sold everything from crystal, jewelry, clothing, you name it. We We sold anything that could be made— in Scotland, we brought it to the United States and sold it. And after a while, uh, my father was a singer, a Scottish singer, and uh, he knew a lot of the Scottish performing acts. And he used to bring them into the country and work with them. And so I sort of grew up with the Scottish music. Mm-hmm. And I met a fellow named Carl Peterson, a folk singer, and he and I got together. And we said, "Why don't you?" Come, I said, "Why don't you come out to one of the events, set up, and sing and sell your at that time cassette tapes?" And so we did. And they grew from there and eventually um, started looking at different acts, started looking at the Irish acts, and started to put together our own festivals. And so we went from a, a retail business to strictly entertainment.
0: And now it's an all-year process. It's not just the mid-winter. Tell the Bobcast listeners yeah, about we, everything else that's going we on.
1: We do a bunch of them. We do... Um, We do a Scottish festival in June. Uh, It's changing a little bit. That's up in northern Jersey. We do that thing. That's uh, outdoors. Lots of bagpipe bands, 28 of bands. Uh, What's the name of that one again? It's the Bonnie Bray Scottish Games. I've been to that
0: one. I've been to that one once. I think it
1: was like 102 out, 102 (laughs) degrees with the tents. It's always hot. Um, Working with a fellow named Jim McKee, a good friend of mine, who I just found out today, Bob, fell last Monday. And broke both of his oh. hands, and so he just called and said I can't make it to the festival in oh, time. Yeah, well, he and I run a uh, started an Irish festival up in Northeast Philadelphia the last uh, the, the Saturday and Sunday after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So I run that. Uh, have run the Bridgnam's Irish Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, quite involved with uh, Scottish concerts, mm-hmm. and then we also do trips.
0: Yes, I myself was on a trip. Only once.
1: Yes. You went on one of our cruises. We did, we did cruises.
0: <laughs> I think it was the second cruise ever. It was
1: amazing. You got supposedly Norwalk.
0: I, I got Norwalk virus, the Bobcast listeners. I think we talked about this on an episode, but we'll just touch upon it really lightly. It's day one. No, excuse me, two. day two. We just arrived in Nassau. Ian, Drew, and myself are out on the beach. We're gallivanting, having fun in the ocean surf. We pick up a case of beer. I return to my room. Fall asleep for about an hour, and I wake up, and it was about twelve hours straight of just pure sickness. I po- I popped a blood vessel in my eye.
1: You also scared um one of the cabin stores to oh, death. Well, actually, Andrew did. I, mean, I think he. <laughs> well, they opened you up the door. Tell and- the
0: podcast listeners why Drew was also quarantined. Well,
1: because you guys are sharing a cabin. Whoever yeah. had the sickness that they called Norwalk, which I think you didn't have that. I think you had a Montezuma's revenge. Yeah, but
0: you know what though, I, the people th- like I honestly I've had food poisoning before. I've had it after this, and still to this day, whatever I got on that cruise ship was the worst sickness of my life. And I've never been queasy up until that moment. Drew will contest to
1: that. There were other people on the ship that had it too. It happens all the time. But yeah. but Andrew, because he was sharing the cabin with you, which was an inside cabin, uh, he was quarantined also. And, of course, the cruise ship turned all the air conditioning off in your room.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot and
1: about that. Uh, <laughs> and then Ian, Andrew's brother, he came and said, Dad, they're, they're in trouble. And so 1 o'clock in the morning – uh, I'm fighting it out with somebody on the cruise um mm-hmm. Staff to get a better room. But you guys uh, have been sort of qu- quarantined and you finally got some food uh, delivered to your room, yeah. room service. But when you when I think it was Andrew opened the door, yeah. he had a rag wrapped around his face and screamed, get out, I'm infectious. <laughs> this, like poor man,
0: this poor guy opens the door with our food and Drew's like, get away, get away from me. <laughs> and the guy like, actually, he, he ran down the hallway. Threw but the food up in the air. Yeah, yeah, so I missed out on that. But uh, each year now you take I mean, people finish
1: the story. When we get to yeah. um, St. Kitts or one of those other islands, you guys were thrown off of the cruise ship yeah. because yeah. you were quarantined. And the deal was that as soon as they got to an island had an airport, they'd send you home. Yeah. So you leave a ship that has open air and everything to get into a silver color airplane and infect everybody. I've never infect figured that out. Yeah. But you guys um, will forget about when you thought the ship was coming back for you.
0: I, I never forget that. No, I see that we're, we're, we get kicked off. They put us up in a five-star hotel. There's paperwork that I received that says I, can, I don't have to leave here until I feel better. I honestly, after the doctor, the doctor came on the ship and he gave me a, a shot of my ass, I immediately felt better. Right. I felt complete. I felt fine. It was like a reducer. They say you could stay on there. So Drew and I are at this bar by the ocean. We're having drinks, and I'm looking out at the ocean, and I see these lights, and I'm like, Drew, that's our ship. And Drew's like, Bob, there's no way that's our ship. Sure enough, you guys were coming he came back. back in.
1: There was a fellow got sick on the ship, so they brought him back in mm-hmm. to send him home. You guys were on the on the decks, saying, "Come back, come back!" And of course, we, when we, we left, that to was it. Went back to I gotta clarify one thing. They told you you could have a couple days on the island. Um, <clears throat> Andrew had my credit card. Yeah. Which um, he used. Yes, he used it. So I don't know how many days For you. The you're, room. You're, for the room, for food, I think for the motorcycles that you guys rented, oh, also. Oh yeah, that was all. True. Yeah, 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 that was all true. Yeah, <laughs> you so have to think that I'm yeah, true. yeah, it's an interesting way of getting sick. Well, we
0: did have a really interesting vacation.
1: <laughs> well, we've done cruises. We're yep. still doing them. Um, we do them now with a band called Albanon, Scottish mm-hmm. band, one of the bands that uh, Karen's the agent for, and they're sort of a mainstay at our festival now uh, when they're in this country. Um, we also do trips to Scotland with. Two bands. So, with the Albanock band and with Brother, which is my son's uh, band, the Australian mm-hmm. Celtic rock band. It's called Bronock. Name came from A- Ian. How many years is that going on now? This is our fourth year, and Ian said, "Well, why don't you take Bro and Knock from?" I never Bro-Knock knew that I- I- knew. Ian came up with that. Yeah, he came up with Didgeridoo too. So, wow. Yeah. There's something deep <laughs> Well, he was an art major in school. And, well. He's a creative kind of guy. He was a cook, and he was all sorts of silly things. Well, that's, but, uh, you, know, you know, that's how we, are. <laughs> we do it all. <laughs> so anyway, he, um, yeah, we do these trips to Scotland, mm-hmm. and we are now taking about 200 people every April. And then I've got another one with a singer, a uh, folk singer, Charlie Zom. He has a group we're going over in July. Okay. And then just the other night, signed up and got everything arranged to take uh, two of my Canadian entertainer friends over to... To Scotland and Northern England, Dennis Carr and Patty Kelly. Dennis is actually from Newcastle in England, and then he grew up in Edinburgh. So we're going to do a little bit more on the English, um, English-Scottish English borders on that trip. Wow. So we're getting all those things together. We just announced the cruise for next January with Albinock. Mm-hmm. It's a shorty, just a four-dayer, but a lot Where's of fun. Where does that go to? Uh, we're doing Key West and Cozumel out of Miami. Oh, wow. Yeah, nice little one. It works out well because Albinock has a big festival in marathon down in the keys the weekend preceding the cruise and then the following weekend they're up in orlando highland festival so they can do the two festivals and we can go for a little cruise so we we keep busy and uh i'm getting tired but <laughs>
0: it sounds like a lot of fun
1: yeah this is the best weekend though this uh, midwinter festival is a lot of fun we have people coming from everybe- everywhere everywhere Had a girl this m- morning called me she lives in boston And she wanted to know if we were going to have the festival. And I said, sure, we're going to get snow flurries, maybe. I said, but you might consider leaving now. So she was going to leave out of Boston real soon. Panic. Let's
0: take a quick listen to a track from Albinac here on the Bobcast.
2: One dark and faithful mama, lay a rodent to a time. They burned down all our houses with mission pay the crown Slaughtered all our cattle Took away our women They killed all our young men Before they could get battle So hold your claymores, hold them high To pray our will you can try But we will fight you to the end Our will you cannot bend Now we grew up ever fearful that he might come back Folks come from On our horses of black But we have grown strong now And are ready to fight Stand up against us with And put them to flight day, before the bloody battle, he shouted, make the pay, we charged with dirty and fueled by our hate, to see the feeling of faces, as he realize the fate, so hold your claymores, hold them high, Too brave our will you can try, but we I will fight you, Ahead, down to the last. Think on friend, kinsmen that we left behind. On God, and glory he that we fought to find. So hold your clay walls, hold on high. Too brave, our will, you can try. But we will fight you to the end. Our will, unbroken, you cannot bend.
0: here with Bill Reed in the East of the Hebrides office. Bill, let's talk about snow and having the festival each year in the middle of the winter. Let's talk about a few years back. I
1: think when it was the four blizzard years. Came. Yeah, four That's years. Uh, I think it was four, maybe five now. Um, I didn't know there was snowing because I got to bed way too late. There You're in nothing. there all weekend. You I'm in there you all the time. And you can we, go outside. We get one of these um, suites given to us and it's inside has no windows. And after the party and everything, I get back in the room about two o'clock in the morning. Nothing's on television. Go to bed, wake up at six o'clock, get dressed, go downstairs. Don't turn the television on yet because Karen's got another hour. And I get downstairs and it is snowing. And it is really, nighttime. really snowing. Yep. 22 inches by the end of the weekend. Um, the state of Pennsylvania officially closed the highways, but I didn't tell anybody because we hit a couple really good bands, one from Nova Scotia um, area, and Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. And we wanted them to get on the stage, the Byron McNeils. We wanted them to do their bit because they were so good. And so they did. And then we told everybody they had to scurry home. Mm -hmm. And then we got stuck in the hotel for two days. We couldn't get back. We're only 15 minutes away from the place, but the roads were so bad. Um, Actually, financially, it was a disaster. Laughs. Lots of them, yeah, you know, and it was good. So we don't want to think too too much about snow. We had a little last year, which held yeah, things this off. This is flurries this week. I'm like not about flurry. Nothing
0: like the blizzard of... No, no, no. Flur- flurries are
1: easy. People are used to that. And, um, we've got our old bases covered. Once they get inside, it doesn't matter, you know, since they're in the building. Uh, valet parking out there now, so... Uh, I know, it's all
0: different there. Uh, the Valley Forge Casino took over... Uh, As you said, the floor that you used to uh, have the performance, now it's uh, down below and in my opinion, it's a a much more conducive type of rock and roll event. It seems like it's all, you know, like the sounds just all coming out in one spot and there's lots of other nooks and crannies you can walk around, a bunch of different merchandise. Each year I I buy my wife a ring or I get myself one of those uh, Celtic uh, notebooks to write Mm -hmm. some lyrics in for songs or whatever. Uh, Let's talk about performers at this year's 2015 Midwinter Festival. Who we
1: got on the bill? Well, we have a few local bands. We always try to bring in a few uh, the Philadelphia area bands, mainly because we're here in Philadelphia. We can't bring them all in, and which is a, it's always a, a bother to me because I'm friends with so many of the bands in this area. But we sort of center on, centralize on a couple of them. Um, Jameson is back with us this year. Outstanding band. Mm-hmm. Um, like your band, Bobby. I think they should go national. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're they're at that point. They mix it up between Celtic, the Irish, Scottish, and then they can throw everything in there. Great band, uh, Timlin Kane, mm-hmm. a couple of folk singers that we know for years and years and years. Two of the best, Tom Kane and Jerry Timlin, uh, Charlie Zom, local A band named Runa, very good traditional band. Uh, Shannon does a great job with that band. They are on the national scene, so they're mm-hmm. they're well worth it. Uh, Oliver McElhone, another another local guy. Um, been around for a long time, comes from Derry. I think it's Derry. I believe he's Derry from Derry in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Might be wrong, but somewhere in Northern Ireland uh, he comes from. Um, let me think, who else? Um, Belfast Connection, Joe Hughes, Frank Reed, and Charlie, they're, uh, they're doing, coming in, doing a good job. Our pipe band is a local band, the Washington Memorial band. Our dancers, we have four different groups. One Scottish group, the Campbell dancers, the the three Irish ones, the Celtic Flame, Fitzpatrick, and the Cummins. So they come and they do a nice little show for us upstairs. And then uh, we branch out across the country and the world. Um, From Canada, we have the Brigadoons coming down, the McLeod Fiddlers. It's a group of kids that have to be between the ages of nine and 16. Once they reach 16, they're out of the group because they're getting ready to go into college or, oh. or whatever. So this year, I think we're getting a whole bunch of new new ones. will be fun. Um, from Australia, we'll hit Andrew's band first. Uh, that's Brother, and it will be the three guys, uh, Angus Richardson, Dave Dalbo Allen, who is probably one of the finest drummers out there. Definitely. Um, He's the mark.
0: An outstanding individual. Yeah. he
1: He's the high mark everybody mm-hmm. goes for. And then my son, Andrew, uh, who plays the didgeridoo and the keyboards and yeah. everything. Um, Albinock, we mentioned them. Five guys. Well, four guys, one girl from Scotland. They mm-hmm. tour this country three times a year.
0: Let's talk about, real quickly, the Albanac Army. Uh, what do they call themselves? Like the Knock uh, Army, the, right Yeah, now? the
1: Army. The Knock Army. The Knock Army. Yeah, uh, Albinock is... Uh, Probably the hottest band on the Celtic scene right now. Um, they're so different. Very, little, very, very little on, the, on the vocals. Jackie sings a couple songs, but mainly it's drums. And it's very tribal. Very and tribal. it gets people. Um, I'm always amazed at how people react to this. They have a following of
0: thousands. Yeah, last year, um, before Albanac even took the stage, this whole army of fans descended on the stage, all, all dressed blue. with blue paint on their face. Reminiscent of the movie Braveheart, and they were hype. Like they were ready for the event, they were ready for their band to take the stage, and it is a very tribal type of performance.
1: We've often said with the following they have, and how interesting it is. What's it like for the mainstream guys when they hit the big time? Must be mm-hmm. impossible. Albenak is great. Um, we met them a few years ago up in New Hampshire, and followed them ever since. And they came to Karen and said, "We need a new agent, someone we can trust." and so Karen does all their business, mm-hmm. which is really good. Um, we've got other bands. Rath Kelter, mm-hmm. super band, based out of Florida now. There's two. Uh, there's an Irish guy in there. He's the drummer, Nicky Watson, another fantastic drummer. I'd drummer say th- Nick- I
0: think I interviewed him last year for the Bobcast.
1: I think Nicky is probably the best Celtic drummer mm-hmm. out there.
0: I think he said Led Zeppelin was his favorite band.
1: Yeah, probably. No one, Nick. Trevor Tanner uh, from London. And uh, Neil Anderson, who is known as the monster in the bagpipes. That's Just an incredible, cool. incredible bagpiper. Uh, he's got the Dizzy Gillespie um, cheeks when he plays mm-hmm. his pipes. He's more of a jazz piper, mm-hmm. I think. He started out as a regular bagpiper in bands and whatnot, pipe bands. But he is now the – he, again, is the high mark. Mm-hmm. He's the high water mark for everybody. Um, we have – let me think who else is coming.
0: We've got the Screaming Orphans. Screaming oh, Orphans. How do, I not,
1: how do I forget my girls? Four sisters from Donegal. Um, Absolutely manic, at least two of them. Joan and Grania are crazy. The other sisters, um, they're just, well, they're the quiet ones. Mm -hmm. But these four girls are phenomenal. Uh, They were Sinead O'Connor's backup singers. And why they're not mainstream kills me. After watching the Grammys the other night, I thought, they gotta see that what the screaming orphans can do. I don't know. The Grammys are so boring the other nights. No, they were terrible. Terrible Grammys as usual.
0: Very somber. There was no like performance. <clears throat> no life, no life at all. No life at all. Sucked out. The energy yep. was sucked out of the room. Yeah,
1: too big of a room. Too many personalities trying to yeah, be big. That's the one thing about we've we have only once in 23 years do we have a guy who we actually told him he's a one and doneer. Wow. And he says, "What do you mean?" And I said, "You were you came once and you're never coming back." It was just a pain in the neck.
0: We won't say his name here on the
1: podcast. No, we won't say his name, but uh, it rhymes with Remus, and it's not Kennedy. <laughs> There's another one. There's my, one of my good friends, Seamus Kennedy. I have to say this. so many people said, where is Seamus? Why isn't he at the midwinter? Seamus was already contracted to go to Savannah, to the, to the Irish Festival. Good guy. Otherwise, Seamus is always, uh, the door's always open to him, uh, even though he's not coming this year, Seamus. Um, yeah, the Screaming Orphans. Phenomenal. Event. Yeah. A lot of fun. And uh, we have a thing. I have a thing going with their merch person, Renata. Mm-hmm. Every first, the first of every month, I have to send her an ABBA song. She's an ABBA groupie. Oh, wow. I, so you try to find ABBA. Yeah, they're tough. Yeah. 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 You try to find an ABBA that you really want to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> we got a uh, Searson, too, on Saturday and Sunday. Searson. Um, Two more sisters and two fellows have joined the two sisters, Colleen and Aaron Searson. Uh, they used to have another sister in there, Heather. She, she retired. She yeah. got married, and so she left the band, and the Aaron and, and Colleen are continuing on. Great family. Um, I miss Mike. Mike used to come down the Dad, and we go up, and we uh, spent some time in the summer at their lake house, and just love that band. The girls are great. A um, lot of talent. Uh, Colleen is phenomenal on the fiddle. Uh, there's the combination you have Scottish fiddle, which tends to be a long stroke, as opposed to an Irish fiddle, which is a very short, fast one. And the Canadians have adapted and put two of them together. And what they've come up with in Canada with uh, fiddle music—Scottish, Irish, Canadian fiddles—is wild. The okay. other one coming is uh, Ashley McLeod. Mm-hmm. Another another one you just think, how in the what do they do? Now Ashley. On Facebook today, she had a picture of her two daughters. Her first daughter started playing the fiddle at two years of age. She came last year. I think she was three. Wow. She got up on the stage. She played along with her mom, and then she lay down on the floor and fell asleep on the stage. It was priceless. Oh, wow. So we're thinking that Mackenzie's going to come back and play with her mom, and the other girl girl's name escapes me. I think she might she might be playing the fiddle sooner or later. Wow. But they're they're great. Um John Byrne, he's another Philadelphia local band. John's from Ireland and he is bringing nine people to play on his band this wow. year. Yeah. Um a gentleman, uh, a true gentleman. I met him at Hams a couple of years ago and, and enjoyed him just talking to him and so we we had him come out last year and he did a super job and he's on Saturday midday, which is a prime time and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm happy to have John there cuz he's he just does a, a really fine job of performing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we have a, a reunion. Um, you yeah,
0: were we'll talking about
1: the big reunion. The big reunion. Clan Gael. When all this Celtic rock stuff got, got going back in the mid 90s, late 90s, um, there was a band called Clan Gael. It was Kirk McLeod, Struby, who's James Struble, you know, by Struby, still does. Uh, Nikki Watson, who's the drummer with Rath Kelter, mm-hmm. and uh, Neil Anderson, who's The Bagpiper with Rath Kelder, They originally uh, put together a band called Clan Nigale. I met them for the first time in North Carolina. What year is this? That would have been early 90s. This is pre-Seven Nations? Yeah, this is pre-Seven Nations. And I met them, and somebody said, you should go see these guys. And so they said, can you give us an honest opinion? I said, yeah, you stink. I said, you need to work. Met them four months later. They have really tightened things up. Mm -hmm. And... um, we going to close that door, Bob? Or you want okay. to have phone the ring? Right.
0: Well, you know it is prime time. You only have a couple chill. days.
1: No, the, the, it'll, the, the machine will pick phone. it up. So, um, anyway, they came along, and I just thought they were the best thing going. Yeah. They were huge. They mm-hmm. cut into every type of, uh, right across the board musically. The music oh.
0: here it is. Listen payment. to listen to the announcement.
1: Let's see who it is here on the Bobcast. Oh. On the weekend of February 13th, 14th, and 15th at the Valley, Jay oh, they they hung up they on me. They didn't <laughs> I? Maybe they knew that information already. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so, so let's get back to the. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they uh, they came along and they were just gigantic. I mean, huge, huge crowds. Crowds you can't believe. Mm-hmm. I can remember they were at the ve- at our festival when we were on the upstairs and they were performing and the floor was. Bouncing. bouncing. People were jumping up and down. I remember Joe McLaughlin, a friend of ours who helped sell the CDs and whatnot, he um, he just looked at me and he said, look at this floor. And it was really mo- moving. And these guys were just eating it up all over the place. We took them to Scotland. They had an afternoon set downtown Edinburgh at one of the festival gathering places. Um, they were only supposed to do one set. And after the first set, the manager came over and said, would they, would they come back Tomorrow afternoon, do two sets. I said, yeah, we can arrange that. Then he came back and said, would they close our festival for us? They're wow. phenomenal. Uh, we toured all over Scotland. They they performed in venues on battlefields, places they never had rock bands. In their seven. It was then it started to turn into the Seven Nations, but I'll explain that. Um, 70,000 people in Edinburgh. Wow. Out for them. They changed the name from Clan to Gale because there was a Renaissance group out in the West Coast who... Wrote them a letter and said, we are called Clan de We will sue you if you don't change your name. Mm-hmm. The guys asked me and I said, go jump. Tell them to go jump on a lake. Clan de Gale was a, an Irish political movement back in the 1800s. No one can claim the name. But Kirk and Struby, Nick and Neil got a little worried. So they decided to change their name. They changed it to Seven Nations. By the way, three weeks after they changed the name, that Renaissance group went out of business so now they have the new name seven nations and it has built and built and built um over the years i like to say if you look at a dictionary under the name under the word band it says a group of people that come together to fall apart because eventually a lot of bands break up you've been in that situation most bands do that um so they broke up, Seven Nations. Kirk and Struby continued on. Neil and Nicky went off to do their thing. They're now in Rath Kelter. They picked up some more boys, a couple more, uh, gone through a couple of different drummers. Mm-hmm. Crisco, um, Ashton. Uh, Crisco's with them still. Um, there you go. Great drummer. Another yeah. good, but more of a me rock of the
0: drummer from Food Fighters. Yeah,
1: he's a rock drummer. He's yeah. a crazy man. Mm-hmm. Um, so Seven Nations uh, has gone on to do very well. They still are very active. But the idea 10 years ago came up, why don't we do a reunion tour of the original Clan Niguel? Wow. So we put together a series of shows up and down the East Coast. It was great. Uh, it was very funny, Bobby, because the guys used to come out always in the kilt. The kilt, Doc Martens, the long hair, the evil look. You know, yeah. they, they had the look, the motorcycle jackets and whatnot. Uh, it mixed well. When we were doing the concerts, they always came out the first half in regular clothes, jeans, you know, nothing fancy, t-shirt. People would come up to me and say, "We really enjoy this, but we miss the kilt." And I go, "Well, I can't tell them what to do." Every show, they came out the second half dressed in the kilt. Bob, I'm telling you, the music—the music became their music years ago. The kilt just seemed to be the, the little clicker. Um, so they did that. That was ten years ago now we uh, approached them and said, would you do it again?
0: So this is going to be a huge event on Saturday night. For me, it is.
1: Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, I've had phone calls from people saying, God, they remember Clan Nagael. They remember yeah. when it became the Seven Nations. Um, they're yeah, I, w- literally, I was
0: never aware of that until this moment right now. They're and I, literally, I've literally Seven Nations for, for years.
1: Yeah. There literally was no band like them. Mm-hmm. They were just phenomenal. Uh, Kirk is a great music writer. They're all excellent musicians. They're top of the line. Uh, one of the nicest things after years, mm-hmm. after years together, and they fell apart, and then one night at the Midwinter Festival, uh, Neil Anderson turned around and said some really fine, nice things to Nikki. And they all got together and everybody had a good cry. Wow. And they've been friends ever since, and we're thrilled that they're coming and they're just great boys.
0: Yeah, the East of the Hebrides Midwinter Scottish-Irish Festival is happening this weekend at the Valley Forge Casino. It's not just a rock concert. It's a weekend-long experience. Bill, I really appreciate you taking the time here on the Bobcast to chat about, I guess, the history of the East of the Hebrides, the Midwinter Scottish-Irish Festival, all the bands, the history. I look forward to the reunion. I look forward to seeing your son later this weekend. And, yeah, yeah. I really appreciate it. Do you want to tell uh, the Bobcast listeners where they can get more information on your website?
1: Our website is uh, pretty easy, www.eohebrides.com. That's E-O-H-E-B, as in boy, R-I-D, as in dogs, E-S. That's right. Yep. And Bob, I have known you, as I said, since you were a little boy. I've seen you grow up. I've seen your music change. I've seen you develop. Now you're a teacher. Now you're doing this show. You're doing all sorts of stuff. I'm very proud of you. I appreciate that. It's nice to know. Well, ever since Andrew and Ian, we've always encouraged them to bring their friends around, and you come around.
0: Definitely, I appreciate that.
1: TJ and a few bunch of others.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast.